Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're getting ready for the summer with a cozy garden party from the comfort of our respective apartments. We'll be sharing energetic appetizers, sensational salads, and invigorating <laughs> drinks to celebrate the summer season. But first, it's Cozy in the News. This Justin from New York, while on his mom's computer for a distance learning lesson, four-year-old Noah Bryant of New York used his mom's Amazon Prime account to order 51 cases of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles. Oh That's 918 popsicles costing her $2,619. The real nightmare is that the third party that fulfilled the order wouldn't accept returns because they are perishable and need to be frozen immediately, and they weren't. But here's the good news. The GoFundMe she set up to help pay off her son's popsicle spending spree raised $7,000, which she's using to invest in his education and find a school for him that specializes in working with children with autism. But here's my cozy call. Amazon, pay back that money to that woman anyway. <laughs> what are you doing? I, I agree. I mean, well, first of all, my 51 cases of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles would not go through. <laughs> I would be denied. Yeah, this is actually just a really a huge flex on her credit. She's just like, this is nothing to me. Yeah, but I, you know, that those kind of stories happen all the time, and they they do make me chuckle. Even though I'm sure she was horrified when she saw the transaction, but the things that kids order and the lengths that they'll go to to get what they want, and I think it's so adorable that SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles. That was one of my favorites in the ice cream truck. Um, they had little gumball eyeballs. Did you ever have that? Oh yeah. I think the funniest part of the story is the kid was marching around the apartment that day saying 51, 51, and she had no idea why until 51 uh, cases of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles just popped up in her, um, I think it was his, oh his auntie's uh, uh, doorstep. And she's like yelling, like, what did you order? You need to stop. And 51. it wasn't her. It was her son. Yeah. With all due respect, I have to say it's a little maniacal. It was almost taunting. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe he thought he bought 51 popsicles, oh, which, which yeah. I mean, is a lot too much and still for a child, but not nearly as much as 918. Yeah. And then also 51 is such a random number unless it's his lucky number. Maybe it was, he maybe it was part of his math lesson. Perhaps, you know, that's an eternal mystery, I, I blame the teacher. <laughs> well, I hope Amazon hears your call. I, no, exactly. It's like, what is it? Why, this, this is a national news story. It's in, on the Today Show. It's on CNN. And I'm, oh, wow. I kept looking and I was like, where am I going to see the part where Amazon sent her her money back? I know it was a third party, so it technically wasn't them, but mm -hmm. it was on their service. And we know Jeff Bezos isn't going to miss that money. So, no, come on. Like, yeah, she got her, her funds back from a GoFundMe. This is a really a testament to community that, you know, she was kind of bailed out of this really horrible situation. And that's why I think yep. it's cozy. But I still feel like these, these this corporation could make it even better by giving her her money back. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, switching gears a bit from popsicles, we're... Switching over to meatballs. Um, Bryce, what, a, what a pair. <laughs> yeah. He's in a pod. Yeah, he's in a pod. Um, Bryce's mom, Denise, is famous. I happened to catch uh, wind of this on Twitter. Um, 
basically what happened is there was a Twitter user, I apologize if I'm pronouncing his, their last name wrong, Jay Hume uh, on Twitter, and they wanted to have great options for, for meatballs, and they were doing a cold call for different recipes, and um, Bryce shared their mom's meatball recipe, and this Twitter user, by the way, is in England, and they happen to love it, and <laughs> now they make it from memory, and I believe Bryce is located in New York, so if I know anything about New York moms, they appreciate when their uh, meatballs get some love, so I'm sure Denise <laughs> is... <laughs> In her, in her true glory, uh, I'll read a little bit of the thread. So Jay said, a few years ago, I tweeted that I want to make meatballs and ask people to recommend recipes. Someone replied with a photo of a hand-type recipe simply titled Denise's Meatballs. It was their mom's recipe. As with all family recipes, there weren't any proper measurements, but it was good enough. I tweaked a little bit to get the quantity I wanted and to take in the fact I only had beef mince and I made the meatballs. They were excellent. And so I kept making them. I make Denise's meatballs from memory now in my little kitchen on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. And every time I make them, I think about how good people can be and how lovely the internet can be despite it all. I made meatballs again tonight. And as always, I thought of Denise, a woman I have never met. And I wondered if she knows how much gentle kindness her son put into the world simply by sharing her recipe with a total stranger. So I thought that was like a really sweet story and how people can connect in, in so many unique ways. And this time it's through meatballs. So um, Bryce, that's super cool that your, your mom, uh, meatballs are famous. So congratulations to Denise. Yeah, an ATC listener. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we love Bryce and, and their, uh, their sister. So they, they're, they actually are pretty awesome when it comes to making food. So oh my no God. Incredible. Yeah. I'm blown away. Like every time I check Facebook and I see their work, I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's professional level. Yeah, no, I would watch a show with them. I, I, I have said that to um, them before, so we'll see. Maybe Denise can get in the mix, but uh, that was a really cute, <laughs> a really cute story. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Well, here's some more awesome news. Hold on to your brooms. The Sanderson sisters are back. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Jimmy reprise their roles in Hocus Pocus 2, which begins production in the fall and will hit Disney Plus in 2022. And I'm praying they use absolutely zero plot points from Hocus Pocus, the all-new sequel, because, whoa, <laughs> not good. <laughs> Hope they're working with a whole new script. Yeah, and it's just nice to have the final confirmation. Yeah. I'm so tired when I see like a thousand different articles throughout the course of a year or years where like, this might happen. Oh, it might be in the works. Hmm. And who's going to sign on? And now it's just finally, okay, we're set. We're good to go. The brooms are ready to roar, roar in, you know, they're, we're good to go. And so it's just, it's nice to have that, that finality to it. Uh, so my last piece of news is an article I saw in the New York Times is published on May 10th. And the title of it is Gotta Have That Cute Mug, Act Fast. And this article gave me a little chuckle because normally you wouldn't think of mugs as a hot ticket item, but in the cozy world, it is. And so there's this trend where all these artists are making these really unique artistic mugs and people are jonesing for them and there's this one um 
sentence in the article that really made me laugh. Um, an artist told the times one customer told me the last time they felt like this was trying to get tickets to see Beyonce. It's an adrenaline rush. So essentially what's happening is all these mugs are selling out and it's called dirt drops, which is a phrase I never heard before. So right before an artist or a mug artist is about to release a collection, they'll give their fans a little taste of it and then they'll do a dirt drop and so for a limited time these mugs are available and they're selling out so quickly that people are trying to get them on Poshmark and um, find dupes on Etsy and it's just wild to me that these mugs are flying off the shelves but as a mug lover I guess I understand ceramics are just exploding between Mm -hmm. Ray Dunn and everything else you can't you can't keep them on the shelves people need their (laughs) their ceramics yeah, even stuff at Target can be really hard to find sometimes. Like there's always mm-hmm. every holiday season for Halloween or Christmas, there's one mug that's cuter than the rest and everyone knows it. Yep. And Godspeed, really difficult to get it because <laughs> yeah, everyone's what? after the same superior mug. And I mean, I think part of it is that they need to make them all equally good, but they always make one just clearly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one artist said that she can sell 250 mugs in under a minute, which is so so wild. But I, I guess prefer... I guess she can't sell modesty, though. <laughs> well, all these artists in the Times were like, "Yeah, they were um, as you as you said earlier, flexing." <laughs> <laughs> so, but I prefer my mugs to be very uh, generic. Like I love that mug that we both have from the Baltimore City Teacher Residency. Yeah. Like I, I love random mugs. Give me a Best Western mug. Give well, that's me... not random. That's a memory. Well, it's true. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. That's probably a why random a mug is the gather mugs <laughs> that you bought me from Amy Roloff's collection. Yeah, so and I, I think and I cherish them. Yeah, I think I mentioned before, little people, big world, big fans over here, and I bought Matt some and his and his husband for their anniversary. Some just coming up, um, I bought some mugs that said "gather" on it. <laughs> this is Amy Roloff's big, uh, uh, I guess, design. That's her, uh, that's it. Just gathering big words and unexplainably. The great so. irony was that it was during a year that none of us were gathering. So <laughs> we were, you know, I w- it was just solitary. Yeah, well. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Gather with your loneliness. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, I, th- I believe we're ready to kick off our cozy garden party. All right. Welcome. Let's go into the party. So as everyone knows, summer isn't necessarily the coziest season, but there are some ways to sprinkle little cozy magic throughout the next three months, such as garden parties. But first, a little history on how garden parties started. According to Vogue, garden parties began in the 1860s during the reign of Queen Victoria. They were a way for the upper classes to mingle. And every year, the Windsors invite now, from present day, by the way, 30,000 members of the public to their garden parties. Three take place at Buckingham Palace, and one takes place at the Palace of, forgive me, (laughs) I'm not going to pronounce this right, Holy Rude House. (laughs) I think you got it. Okay, well, I I am upper class. Uh, It's estimated that 27,000 cups of tea, 20,000 sandwiches, and 20,000 slices of cake are consumed. So there you go with that, those stats. Of course, there are no pinkies in the air over here at All Things Cozy HQ, and there was no mingling at our apartment garden parties, especially none of the upper-class variety. 
But are garden parties complete with apps, salads, and cocktails did satiate our ever-present need for coziness, and we hope our ideas help inspire you. So Jillian and I each made an appetizer, a main salad, and a drink. And not only does this pull the garden party theme together, but just by themselves, we hope that we share something that at least inspires you, maybe something you can bring to any kind of gathering you might, because we are opening back up in a big way. And, you know, you might, you might get to see people. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what you might be able to bring that's refreshing and bright for your summer soiree. Let's start with the appetizers. Jillian, what do you bring into the party? Well, I'm serving up uh, zesty. This is the title of the recipe, a zesty lime shrimp and avocado salad, which is super simple. And what I find cozy about summer dishes is that they they are light and they have that um, that citrusy taste. So anything mm-hmm. with limes, lime juice, you know, I'm serving up. So the ingredients here is one fourth chopped red onion, two limes, juiced, uh, one teaspoon of olive oil, a little bit of salt, black pepper, one pound of jumbo cooked peeled shrimp. And I did not do a pound of jumbo cooked shrimp, by the way, I'll get into it, (laughs) but, um, a medium diced tomato and then a medium avocado diced. I skipped the jalapeno. I can't do the spice. I'm getting old. And then (laughs) a tablespoon of chopped uh, cilantro. So what I like about also about summer dishes is that they tend to be cold. So I left this to sit in the fridge for a few hours. And the, I guess, switch that I did that I enjoyed was I bought some cocktail shrimp, those prepackaged ones that aren't, aren't frozen, chopped it up, um, put a light barbecue sauce on it, put the, the, some lime juice on it, did a little seasoning and then put it in my air fryer on my air fryer grill. Cause it's a grill function. So I like my shrimp to be, um, not um, squishy. I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and says, I want a squishy shrimp, definitely but not. I, I, I prefer mine definitely to be more on the, the crunchier and, and firm side. And if you don't eat fish, well, that's an easy swap. You can put in corn or, or black beans and just add to get that, that protein, but it's just like a really simple, fun, light and filling dish because just because it's something's light doesn't mean it can't be filling with that avocado in there. You really get, um, that filling, filling thing. So I, I love this salad. Yeah. With or without the shrimp element, this looks delicious and it would be great on a tostada. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think the other, it's also like, I'm, I'm seeing it's like good for almost any diet, like a obviously pescatarian, but you know, if you're gluten free or dairy free or um you're you're doing the paleo diet, like this actually would work for everybody. Yeah. And um, you know, I had another version of this. It's kind of similar, but there was a cucumber shortage. There was? So in my grocery store. <laughs> I, I had to I'm do like, I missed that news story. <laughs> I had to do a Sophie's choice because I had two recipes with cucumbers and my original one was cucumber bites with avocado on top and then a shrimp on top. So that was more appy, but this is appy too. But um I I saved my cucumbers for my main salad. We have to get to the bottom of who's buying all the cucumbers in Silver Lake. <laughs> we 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 really do. Gotta call the folks up at uh 365. I guess that's, that's also owned by Amazon, I believe. 
Yeah, so, and w- when you go there, tell them to give that lady's money back. Yeah, they have a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, what app did you make? Well, I love eggs. <laughs> Let me just start with that. I'm with you. So one of my favorite appetizers, the, it's my favorite, but also the one I'm most afraid of because I can't control myself around them, deviled eggs. I think I'm always I'm always so excited when I go to a party and deviled eggs are there. Okay, you're a devil for the devil. I really am. They're sinfully delicious. I thought, you know, for the purposes of trying to make them a little fresher, a little more summery, I would try this twist on them, which is beet pickled deviled eggs. Mm. So, okay, so essentially the deviled egg component is pretty much what you expect it to be. The main switch we're doing here is that you are, you know, after you boil your eggs, instead of just going into the (laughs) deviled eggs process... You are steeping the egg, the hard-boiled eggs, in beet juice or a Mm. beet vinaigrette, really. So either you can follow the recipe and make your own, which I'll post in the show notes. Um, Or you can be lazy like me and you can go to Trader Joe's and get the beets that are already in a vinaigrette. (laughs) That would be my choice. You soak them overnight in the beet vinaigrette. The next day, you go to make your deviled eggs. And again, it's a kind of a classic recipe where then you scoop out the yolk, you know, put in some mayo, some Dijon mustard. And then they did call for, in that mixture, curry powder, which Mm -hmm. I didn't have. So I substituted it with uh, cayenne pepper, which I didn't really notice made much much of a difference. Um, It was, you know, whatever. Uh, it, honestly, I love mayo, so I was like, just give me the mayo and the yolks. I'm, I'm good. I, I will die happy with this heart attack. So once you mix all together, like, you know, your, your yolky mixture, you then um, are going to have to put it back into the eggs <laughs> that you cut in half and, and did that with. And I have, like, as you can tell from my lamb cakes, I have piping bags and stuff like that, but You're I couldn't find them. I couldn't find them. So I had to make my own with like a sandwich bag. Mm. Oh, I messed it up. I made Tough. one side too small and one side was too large, the whole for, and, and it just was kind of a mess, but the yolks got back in the eggs. So I, I, I just started scooping them out with a spoon. You know what? Just do that. Who cares yeah. from there? And I think this is actually a really essential element because they act like this is like just like the, the, the little garnish for whatever. It actually, to me, made a huge difference in flavor. First of all, I'm not going to ever not use paprika on deviled eggs. So I had to sprinkle paprika over them all. But they also suggest putting rosemary over them. And that was amazing. It was so, so fragrant, and it really added a pop to the flavor. And I think it really complemented the, the tartness from the, the beet, the pickled beet for the egg. So... I, I would say don't skip the rosemary garnish. It's not just a little extra. And I, I found a nice technique. I just like take I took the sprig of rosemary and I just used some scissors. I just like just cut them over oh, them. That works. And they just fell randomly in, in like kind of that like beautiful perfect chaos over them. And you have these beautiful pink deviled eggs. And they're very pretty. And they taste just like regular deviled eggs, except they're just a little <laughs> more pickled. And it has like kind of a little more of like a, a pop tart flavor, which I think is to me, nice and refreshing. But it is just kind of a way to like, maybe just impress people like, oh, you thought I was bringing regular deviled eggs? Well, these are pink. So you can, yeah. you can one up your, whoever your, your greatest rival is when you're going to your garden party. And also the color is perfect for a garden party. Because when I think of garden parties in my head, it's all these 
pinks and purples and vibrant blues and I think they're gorgeous and I actually impressed at the the level you went to with the piping and the um those Ziploc bags I did that for our Halloween episode for my Frankenstein uh, Grace Krispies and it looked like a murder scene in chocolate (laughs) was not a good situation so I'm super impressed I'm not the biggest fan of um pickled things but i might give these a try because the way you made it sound it sounds so delicious it's not overbearing at all like it really is just like a subtle a slight twist on the flavor it's you're still getting like 100 percent um Mm -hmm. i can just plow through these deviled eggs yeah they seem great so i'll have to give them a try so for the main event which is the main salad i chose a cherry tomato couscous salad and i am a cuckoo for couscous i love couscous (laughs) I especially love the pearled couscous, the Israeli couscous. It's so good. So this salad is a cherry tomato couscous salad. I think I just said that, but I'll repeat it. It's <laughs> worth so, repeating. Worth repeating. It includes the cherry tomatoes, obviously, the couscous, the roasted chickpeas, a pinch of smoked paprika, olive oil and lemon juice, garlic, fresh herbs, cucumbers and feta cheese and if you know me you know i'm a feta fiend so of course when i saw that feta was involved i'm all over it i'm also now into roasted chickpeas they're super good they can even just be a snack but that's neither here nor there and i also kept this refrigerated i i really love cold foods i think grains that are cold can be really great so i sometimes i'll even eat rice cold it's weird but i i think this does goes really well cold there's something about like a a lemony salad that's left in the fridge for a few hours that's super good i think pearl couscous is just really fun to to eat it's it's light too it's fluffy which works really well but once again you get your protein with the chickpeas so you're so you're full and you're not just glomming onto you know everything that's that's my fault that and any kind of party where food's involved, I'm just like mm-hmm. shoveling, shoveling things in. But, you know, in the summer things, you just, it's hotter. So you really don't want to feel bogged down with anything that's like makes you feel sluggish. And I think this, right. this salad does a trick. That's it's cozy to feel full and energized. And um, the summer salad's the perfect combination of those two things. Yeah, the, and the basil in here looks really delicious. And who doesn't love a cherry tomato? And oh, yeah. again, the couscous looks fantastic. This is actually, it looks like it'd be a filling salad. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it, it definitely was. And I love that you can, it'd be a perfect leftover. It's not something that's mm-hmm. going to get, yeah, go bad or anything like that. You can have the next day. Okay. Yeah, nothing like a, a cold couscous. Yeah, it's kind of like a pasta salad that you feel a little more sophisticated eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. Yep. Yeah, because I always do pasta salads, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch it up. Well, th- speaking of switching it up, I had stumbled upon a chopped salad kit in a Target last week. Okay, mm. and you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, gone with this. Well, let me take you on this journey. It was an avocado toast chopped salad kit in Target. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of peak millennial item is this? Um, I have to try it. And it's it's on the Target Good and Gather. <laughs> Why is Gather on everything? Why is it Gather? It um, was great, and it sounds so corny. So like the like it's okay. So I'm just adding that to say, I use that as kind of like an inspiration. Like I think I could do a homemade version that's better. But I was like for mm-hmm. a, for a kit that you buy in a store, was very impressed with mm. the fact that it did kind of give me that avocado toast vibe. But like obviously it was a salad. So I thought, okay, 
I like I like this kit, but can I do a homemade version that's a little better, has a little bit more um, oomph to it? So I found a recipe, and I this is this is how you make your own avocado toast salad. All right, and so I know you could be do you know saving money. <laughs> <laughs> I could have bought a house if I didn't make this salad, but you know I'm a millennial, so I had to make my avocado toast salad instead. Of anyway, so. The thing you start with is your dressing. Um, I would say actually from the recipe I found, which again will be in all these recipes will be in the show notes. They, this is their their recipe it was like Greek yogurt, um, olive oil, lemon juice mixed up with some a little salt in there. I it, I didn't love it. I I, really? I kind of thought yeah no I, I think I it needed dressing. something a little bit more to it, I, and I, I felt like maybe it was the the ratio I used, but I just felt like it was a little too Greek yogurt forward. You could um, add some honey. Maybe some maybe it's needed something a little I think it needed a little bit more thinning too. Mm, um, a little water to it. Maybe. Yeah. I, I but I, it's like that balancing. I don't want it to be like, you know, watery, but I also felt like it was still a little too yogurty. Yeah. Anyway, so that was like maybe the I'll just start like I guess we'll we'll build up to what was good about it. <laughs> that was kind of the low point. Let's move on to actually making the salad. So first you gotta make your toasts, which are really croutons, but you kind of make it more with like any kind of like bakery bread that you can find. Um, you like sprouted wheat, something gr- kind of grainy. And then you um, coat it with olive oil, sp- you know, drizzle it, really. Um, and then sprinkle over that. Uh, they call for sesame seeds and sunflower seeds. I use sunflower seeds, but I, I used an everything bagel seasoning thing I found at Trader Joe's, oh, which adds a bit popular. more to it. And, I, and it, I, I actually loved it. I think it added like a lot of different dimension, a little garlic in there too more complex flavor. Those toasts, you just pop them in the oven. Uh, I think it was 375 for about 15 minutes. Incredible. Like I, I will never buy store-bought croutons again. I will always just make this because it was just really good. And then, so moving on to the, the, your vegetables, cube some avocado, chop up dill, basil, parsley, some Persian cucumbers, red onion, and radishes. The radishes, you may be like, are the radishes important? Yes, they are important because they pull <laughs> it together and make it really feel like avocado toast. Okay. I also added romaine lettuce. So actually, the official recipe has you stop there and you're done. Right? You put that all Ooh. together. You put the dressing in. I think that sounds really great. I think you'd really get like more of the avocado that way. Mm-hmm. But I was, as luck would have it, I had like a couple vaccinated friends over which I, I feel like I had to preface it with that. Like, I'm not being crazy over here. <laughs> like, it's safe. And so I was like, okay, I want to make this kind of spread a little further. And I would say if you're bringing this to a party, I would recommend doing what I did, which is adding romaine lettuce. Because then you just kind of add more body to it. It goes a little further. Or even better, I think more of a another green you could throw in to like up the volume and even kind of make it more avocado toasty. As some as someone who lives in LA, I think I know my avocado toast. Um, put some arugula in there, and then why not add a hard boiled egg and really make it a breakfast item? <laughs> so we're living all out. It's a deconstructed avocado toast, but it's a salad. And I know it sounds like trendy and corny, but I think it's actually really tasty. Yeah, no, I think that sounds absolutely delightful, right up my alley. I love the idea of homemade croutons because when you you think about it, most of the time those store-bought ones are so overly salted and seasoned and now you have more control and you can toast Mm -hmm. it to your specifications and who doesn't love avocado once again a super filling um item and i do like the greek yogurt dressing a lot of recipes i do includes that but i i do agree that if it's if you don't have a thinning agent 
it just feels like you're eating Greek yogurt. And yeah, it, the, the I needed a little bit something else in there. I don't know what I needed, but something. Um, oh, I should specify too, like when you're doing the croutons, obviously you're breaking up the bread. So don't put like a full like <laughs> slice of bread in there. Like, right, you're like, you're ripping it up into smaller pieces when you're drizzling it and adding all of the um, seeds. Did you eat it cold or warm? Um, cold. I mean, I think yeah. like, honestly, by the time, so the crout, like the croutons, like the toast w- w- was ready. I still had to do a little bit of like mixing and getting the the other pieces together. So by the time they were in the salad, everything was pretty much the same temperature. Yeah, I love them. I that's one other thing I'm gonna have to to try for sure. So now I guess we're going to cheers with our energizing or as you said, invigorating cocktails. Yeah, let's get drunk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or so, not? It could it could be a mocktail. That's true. We really should have included a mocktail, but well, mine can I, easily be a mocktail. So okay. I, okay, I can go. double for that. So I'm typically not a fan of gin, but. I am when it's in a garden gimlet. So I did a garden gimlet with gin, fresh cucumber, lime, and basil. Once again, we're really going hard on the limes and cucumbers and basil here We're also going to go hard on the gin because mine's a gin cocktail too. I think gin is just, it feels summery. I know gin can often feel also wintry because of like the... Kind of like you know the juniper like evergreen vibe, mm. but I, I, I to me it's it's extra summery. I think because it has that like it's very bright in terms of the flavor. Yeah, and it's really easy to make. I mean, here you're just combining your limes, your cucumber, your basil, and a mason jar, whatever you have, and just muddling it. Then adding your gin, your simple syrup, and ice, and then just you know shaking it all up, obviously with the lid. <laughs> and then you're you're, you're <laughs> you know Julian made that mistake. <laughs> Well, the other first batch was all over the floor. I was pouring um, water and making a coffee, and I didn't have the top on, and like boiling water was filling out. So yes, it does happen to me. (laughs) Uh, Then you strain it, and then you serve over, uh, you know, a couple of ice cubes. Pick your poison, how many ice cubes you want. It's just super refreshing. There's really nothing much to say, and other than that, if you want a bright, summery, fun, easy to make drink that really incorporates these light ingredients and I don't think you can get lighter than limes and cucumbers and basil, then this is, this is your drink. I saw one garden gimlet that had a, a lemongrass syrup. And that's hmm. something that I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to hunt down because that sounds lovely. So we'll see. I, you know, if you have any leads on the lemongrass syrup, let me know. Yeah. The cucumber, lime and basil, greatest hits of summer <laughs> cocktail ingredients. I think cucumber in particular is like really shining in the summer, right? It's like, it's there to hydrate you and refresh you and be light. And it's a great cocktail ingredient for the season. Yeah. My cocktail, um, is from a book, so you can't find it online. Um, mm-hmm. I'll need to figure out a way to share the recipe. Do you know what I'll do is I'll post it in the Facebook group. Um, so that's a reason for you to join the Facebook group. If you're not already there, it's from a book called, Witchcraft Cocktails by mm-hmm. Julia Helena Hadas. And I'm ex- sorry, Julia, if I mispronounced any part of your name. So it's 70 seasonal drinks infused with magic and ritual. And so speaking of like cocktail gift books, like my husband got this for me. <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect. I need to try something for this episode. And it's divided by season, conveniently enough. And so I, I flipped over to the summer season. And I landed on the Spirited Summer Breeze. Which oh. is, again, also a gin cocktail. I think it's 
from my understanding, kind of basically a fancy gin fizz. Um, so here's how you make it. And I think the, the only thing about everything that I'm suggesting, aside from the avocado toast salad, is that it requires some prep. <laughs> like, obviously, if you're doing deviled eggs, you have to boil the eggs, and then you have to um, put them in the, the the beet vinaigrette, which is overnight. So you have to kind of like know what you're, you have to have a plan, right? Uh, thinking at least a day ahead. Well, there's an ingredient in this cocktail that if you're really going by the book, you have to think a week ahead. And that is the blackberry shrub. And I had no idea what a shrub... Do you know what a shrub is, Jillian? I just thought it was a little baby bush. (laughs) I mean, it is that. But apparently it's also this sort of like preserving mixture. So I guess as a way to like make fruit last longer um, or I don't know, just like have a different kind of like effervescent drink, um, you can have shrubs, which this is how you make a shrub. It's, It's equal parts a fruit of any kind, um, sugar and apple cider vinegar. And you put it all together. Again, it should be equal parts. First, it's important that you mix the sugar and the fruit by itself, mix that all up, mash it all together. And then you add the, the vinegar, apple cider, ideally, because it kind of is a balancing. It lets the, it lets the fruit still pop through. You can use white, um, but apparently that's a little more overpowering. Then you have to let that sit in your fridge for two days. <laughs> and then you take it out and you strain out all of the hard parts, like or, you know, all of the, the mushy leftover fruit, and you just have the liquid. Okay. And then you put it back in your fridge for another week. What? A week? Yes. Uh, really, I had, I, two I weeks, ideally. For a second. And so, uh, evidently, like, if you, you did really. this? No. <laughs> evidently, if you really wait the whole time, it becomes like a little more like bubbly, oh, right? Almost God. like a soda y thing. Anyway, I, I don't have that kind of patience. I did do the two days. So, I had the two days. I also don't think that far ahead <laughs> for my cocktails. <laughs> I, I was like, I, honestly, I was like, imp- I was impressed with myself that I had thought two days ahead. <laughs> so I made the shrub and then I strained it and then used it. I didn't have it sitting there, but it is in there now. I didn't use all of it. So I'll, I can keep you posted on, on yeah, the, please do. all of the evolution of my shrub. But I lo- it is like, it would be a witchy cocktail ingredient because there is so much effort <laughs> and mixing yeah, and it feels like you're making cauldron. a potion. Yeah. Um, I'm really open to the world of shrubs. I want to make more of them. Anyway, so that's one ingredient, and that's the most complicated ingredient, but the rest of it's super simple. So what you do is you take a gin, but in this case, they recommend a floral gin. Specifically, they recommend a jasmine gin, which uh, could not find. I don't know where you would buy a jasmine gin in a regular store. I was at a Target and a Trader Joe's. So at the Target, they did have Hendrix Midsummer Solstice Gin, which was floral, and by the way, delicious. And it Sounds just lovely. tastes like flowers and it t- doesn't taste at all like gin. And so, and, or alcohol, which is kind of scary. Yes. <laughs> so Slippery slope. Very slippery sl- slope. You put, you put your um, one and a half ounces of your floral jasmine gin, whatever you can find. <laughs> okay. Whatever at your store. <laughs> That's not just regular gin. Ideally kind of something floral. And, or, oh, you know what? I really, I see here now that there was a recipe for it. So I guess you make the gin with the jasmine. Oh, okay. Well, I, I shortcutted this one too. I got, I got my own kind of floral thing. <laughs> and then a tablespoon of grenadine, a, an ounce of lemon juice. They call for half a tablespoon of anise liqueur or anise liqueur. I guess if you're British, anise. I've never 
Yeah, I mean, that almost sounds like, like, what do you want? Like, uh, absinthe? I, I mean, like, I don't, I, I did not, I, I don't have yeah, time for this. Skip, lot. skip. All right. And then, but I did do, I was like, I didn't skip the shrub. One tablespoon of blackberry shrub and two ounces of soda water and obviously a lot of ice. And oh my goodness, I could gobble this down all day. It was delicious. Oh, it's so refreshing. The, the, the floral and fruity flavors mix in super well. Um, and to garnish it, and this is maybe my, one of my favorite things is you put on like I I, I really speared together a, a little slice of lemon, a blackberry, and with a um, very large star of anise, <laughs> and which has like a very licorice kind of scent. Mm-hmm. And so you you put that in there, and it's like you're you're getting, and I felt like that replaced whatever this liqueur they wanted me to make or find, because you're when you're taking your sip, you're getting a waft of that. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, it's kind of in there, you know what I mean? Anyway, so I'm going on and on, but it was oh, was no, it was really like a delicious punch and no alcohol flavor at all. Like this is the kind of drink where you're like, wow, this cocktail is just tasty and I could really like overindulge and drink more than I wanted to because I could it's it's so refreshing and tastes so good. Yeah, I think compared to my little gimlet, this sounds like the crown jewel. I mean, you're hitting all the notes. You're hitting the floral. You're hitting the, the bright and fun, the witchy. It's almost like a punch. I'm, I I need this. I, next time I see you, I want this. Yeah, I have some shrub in the fridge, so come yeah, over. I'll make in. you one. <laughs> well, come, yeah. come here while I still have some shrub. <laughs> some shrub. It's, so, it's like of all the things to name it, it just... Because shrub is just so such a sad word in my mind, but <laughs> I don't know. To me, it does sound like some kind of arcane ingredient. So I'm 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 here for it. Yeah, like you were out in the fields, you know, like scrounging around trying to find some shrub or something. But yeah, it seems like a, a, a lot. I mean, a week. I don't have that patience, but it worked for you, and it seems like two days is a you know decent shortcut. But we don't want to um, disrespect the shrubbing process, so um, you know. Like if you have the patience for a week, I guess put it in for a week. <laughs> and and if you're wondering like what is the witchy element, um, what you're supposed to do while you're um, mixing the drink is to stir the beverage, thinking of the watery energies of Neptune and the moon mixing <laughs> to create a spiritual and dreamy libation. The energies are prophetic dreams, spirituality, and hearing. H- healing. Well. <laughs> hearing. <laughs> so think of Neptune, please, while you mix. In addition to the food... I kind of was a little extra and I want to do a different take on a garden party because I'm always like the fairy twinkle lights <laughs> and all the flowers. Like that's like my MO I've done Halloween costumes being like a, a fairy nymph or whatever it was and a mother nature. And so I'm just, okay, I got to stop that. That's it's, I've done that. So I did a cactus garden and I collected all of my cacti and I got this little desert scene tapestry and I got this uh, table runner. It's like a dusty rose table runner. It's kind of um, almost a sheer kind of gauzy kind of table runner and it matched the the colors of the desert tapestry and I have a little cactus statue and so I'll share a picture in the in the chat in the chat but you don't normally not the chat sorry the Facebook group you normally don't think of a cactus garden as I don't know I guess something light and and fun but I I love cacti so it was uh I'm really leading into the southwest vibe right now and I I thought it was a, a cute 
decor idea, but I would love to hear about how other people decorate for garden parties and see them in the Facebook group because there's just so many different ways to do it, which is really cool. Yeah, that sounds great and super summary. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my little my little cowboy hat. All right. Well, now that we are full of salad and <laughs> tipsy with our, our our refreshing summer cocktails, let's jam out to some soothing sounds. So my soothing sound is a bit unorthodox, I would say, just in terms of like, it is a cover of a video game track. (laughs) So my choice this week is Lost Woods by Helland, who is apparently an Italian musician who specializes in electronic music, in particular synthwave. And so this track is from his album, The Legend of Synthwave, which is exclusively covers of uh, the Legend of Zelda video game music. And Lost Woods is the music from the stage, The Lost Woods, which <laughs> is one of the first stages in um, Ocarina of Time for the N64. I think if you listen to the show long enough, you know I like electronic, like kind of like vibey, synth wavy music, that mm-hmm. kind of 80s sound. And this is definitely hitting that. And you're like, why are you choosing this now? Like it's, you know, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm, you know, when I'm at work and I'm finding music that I can work to, and usually it's like stuff I consider cozy, this like, I don't know how this fell into my lap, but it did. And I was like, wow, this is actually really good. Because a lot of times video game covers, especially when they're kind of electronic, you just like add beeps and bloops to the regular track. It's like nothing <laughs> special. Loops. And I'm just like, skip it, skip it. But this one is like, he totally like, you know, redoes it in the synth wavy style. And it, I think it's beautiful. So let's take a listen to Lost Woods by Helen from The Legend of Zelda. It's really easy to lose yourself in this song. Yeah, it sort of envelops you, and it's just the perfect soundtrack to writing uh, catty uh, work emails, as per my last email. <laughs> so so just imagine that as the soundtrack to, to me at work. Oh, my God. That is yeah, it's hilarious imagining you at your computer. <laughs> Vibing to this video game music while being like, hmm. Being Mr. P. Yeah, that cracks me up. That's so sweet. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think what I love about your picks is that they're always – so unique and different and you know challenge what we perceive to be cozy songs like your the last song that you chose like or the whistling song where it was just simply whistling but it was so cozy and so so different and i i typically um i'm not familiar with the the music in the gaming world but i maybe need to get into it maybe i need to be a gaming music head. <laughs> well, I think it's one of the areas that you actually people who are composing music get to, you mm-hmm. know, get paid doing it. Like, I mean, outside of film scores, which are, I think, few and far between, really, like, there's a lot more people who get gigs writing music mm-hmm. for video games. And so there's a lot of talent out there and yeah. it gets captured in video game music. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're shining a light on that and giving it a, a boost to our listeners might not be familiar. So I chose a song called Something Beautiful, and I've had it in my head all week after stumbling upon it. It was released by a Melbourne native named Belle, and it was released in February 2021. So it's relatively 
new. It's just like a really breezy, easy song that you don't have to think about. It's a love song. It has a quick, quick tempo and just bright and cheery and all positive. So I thought that was the perfect tune to kick off summer. All right, let's listen to Something Beautiful by Belle. That's great. It's such a like a upbeat song. It's perfect for sipping a garden gimlet. Yeah, it's you know it's not like a, a typical like similar to yours. It's not like a typical song you think that'd be cozy, but also it strikes me as cozy songs sometimes is that they are that just bright songs you can bop along to. And, yeah, for sure. You yeah, know, it's 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 very. It, it, it's it kind of lifts your spirits. It's perfect for a garden party and it's perfect for a summer. Well, as you know, in the summer, there's lots of fragrant scents to take in. Let's do that ourselves with our candle review for today's episode. I have the candle this week, um, and it is I Am Purifying by House of Intuition. I'm on a witchy vibe. What can I say? So House of Intuition, if you're not familiar, is a store in Los Angeles. They actually have a couple locations, and they specialize in witchcraft materials. So, like, (laughs) you can go and get intention candles and chime candles and all sorts of different rocks and crystals and anything you need to cast a spell, tarot cards, all that stuff. This candle is a scented candle. It's meant for, like, purifying effects, um, but it's just really, I bought it because it's Apollo Santo candle, which is a scent I love. Mm-hmm. And it's delivering that one hundred percent. Um, and it better because it was $45. So it's not cheap. Ooh. <laughs> this is where our Patreons come in. Thank you. Uh get to try some of these pricey candles for you. So when you're in LA, I would recommend it actually still, but you really have to really love Palo Santo um scents, which is like again, like a very woody, distinct scent. scent. Yeah. It's like it's like, you know, that kind of like sandalwood, um, balsam, um, there's like a, there's it's like a it, it it's really um a strong woody scent. I I I love um the smell. It does have this uh text with it. I'll just read it out loud and I just cuz it made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> it says in lighting this candle I purify my myself. That was not me making a mistake. It says in lighting this candle I purify my myself. So they need to conjure themselves a uh copy editor and my space with the energy of pure white light bringing me closer to the divine source of creation as I heal with the goodness of the holy wood. Palo Santo means holy wood. So anyway, it's, it smells great. I think it could be a little cheaper, honestly. It's a bit expensive for what it is. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a wick up, but like with a, with like a negative review of like, come on, like you can lower the price on this. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially since this scent is gaining popularity, I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, you get the, the house of intuition flair which yeah, yeah exactly which is yeah if you ever visit you're paying for the out. brand <laughs> there you was are. a line outside it's like this is a, in a pandemic so it's like oh, people no. are still they gotta get their crystals that i mean i really hope they have more of a of a health plan than crystals but you never know 
Yeah, it happened to me too. I was at some candle store in LA and I had to wait in a line and you could see through the window. I don't know if the House of Intuition, the one you went to is similar, but you could just see everyone shopping and some people were like, calling their friends outside for advice and what to get them. Like, just get in, get out, get in, get out. And just I was pick up the rock it. and go. Yeah, pick up the rock. Get with your damn candle and go. It's not a very cozy <laughs> feeling. But I, I could see us both getting very agitated in, in, that, in that situation. I was like but a torpedo. I, I, I know exactly what I want. I'm like, yes. I went straight to the scented candles. I went straight to a gift I was trying to find for somebody yep. and I was done. Yeah, I, it's like I'm trying to be mindful of the line outside. I, I already pre-planned what I was going exactly. to get. Exactly, I'm like looking through the window, creeping. I know exactly what I want. Yeah, now. exactly. So I guess everyone's. I both. I guess we live to serve, Matt. You know, get, we're uh, get on our serve. level. <laughs> we, yeah, our, our our low level always putting it's, everyone's yeah needs. <laughs> so like, no, don't worry, we'll be exactly. in and out. I'll, we I'll be out of your way as fast as possible. We'll, we'll close our eyes and we'll spread right out. Yeah, Listen, exactly. We're the reason the world works. <laughs> yeah, they're true. We need people like us. Uh, so I guess now that we're all purified, we can move on to our, our <laughs> I'm, I'm, sancti- I'm sanctified with my own sanctimonious attitude. <laughs> so thank you to Brett C for becoming a patron. Your support means a lot. And yes, thank you. Yeah, we would love to have even more patrons. We love the ones we have. And join the community. You'll get a magnet and a sticker and a cute little card. And I'll send it out ASAP. So uh, yeah, get on our, our Patreon. Yeah, and and you want you want all that? Go to patreon.com slash all things cozy. Speaking of patrons and friends and guests, a huge, huge, huge shout out to Kate for the lovely sun catchers. Oh, it's man. incredible. We posted the image of these stained glass um sun catchers that Kate created for us using the all things cozy cat. And it is actually the best thing I've ever gotten in my life. It is the best gift. It is Truly. so thoughtful. She made it herself. They're stunning and perfect. And we will always treasure these gifts. Thank you so much, Kate. We don't deserve you as a listener and as no, a friend. We really um, don't. And we're just so grateful to to have you as a friend and and as a part of our our the journey of our show. Yeah. We're I can't stress enough. And also Kate sent along some really heartfelt and and sweet cards and just that special touch. She put it in these boxes to make sure they didn't get broken, uh, which was just, I mean, endl- endlessly thoughtful. What else can we say other than we just love Kate and we love these sun catchers. So it's, thank it, it's, you. We're, we're not worthy. It's incredible. So thank you, Kate. And also thank you to the two generous souls who gave us five-star reviews. I don't know who you are, uh, but thank you. And also if you want to leave us, a review with words that's we love that too we love we, reviews with words yes we'll, we'll read it out on the, on the show but we do appreciate the five stars regardless so thank you for giving that to us yes and you can do that by going to apple podcasts um, wherever you listen to podcasts apparently helps people find the show i don't know about that but it certainly makes us feel great um you can also check us out on instagram at all things cozy podcast we're also on Facebook. We have a great Facebook group with a ton of awesome people like Kate. And I, I hope, Brett, if you're, if you're there, um, thank you for being there. And if you're not, join the Facebook group. That's where we all hang out. That's all we have for today. Is there yeah. anything else, Jillian? No, I, I think that's it. I hope everyone has a, a lovely start to summer. And if you do throw a garden party, share it in the Facebook group. Yeah, let us know what you brought and drank and ate and all that good stuff. We only have one more episode of our current season, but we'll be back in your ears in two more weeks for that before we go on our little cozy hibernation and come back in the fall. Um, But we'll be back in a couple more weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, stay stay cozy. cozy.